No, it was great. It was, it, it was great. There was, uh, you know, you had the Moore Theater, which was a great place to watch. And then there was this other place called the Phoenix Underground. And the Phoenix Underground is something that you see out of a, a movie where the band is sitting on a stage and you got people on the floor and then you look up in the rafters and you got people sitting all, standing all around just watching. But when, when that happened, when you're listening to that music, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think that was going to be like a huge thing. Like in Seattle was huge. So, you know, you're like, this is grunge, this is great, all this other stuff. But to see when it just spread out everywhere and you're looking at kids in the Midwest wearing Doc Martens and jeans and time. Hello and welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker. The aim of this podcast is to connect you to the stories and personalities living in or affecting the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania. We talk to business owners, musicians, authors, students, politicians, and maybe even you. On this episode, we talk with Will Lewis, anchor and reporter at WFMZ. Will moved to the Lehigh Valley in 2010 after working at TV stations in Portland, Maine, Charlotte, North Carolina, and several other markets. Because of his love of traveling and various job assignments, he has driven across the country seven times. Will has also lived in, visited, or driven through all 50 states. Originally from Seattle, Will left the Pacific Northwest to attend the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. We talk about his love and his journey to the Lehigh Valley, the Seattle Seahawks, grunge music, and a lot more. Without further ado, here's Will. Wait, that's a great way to start. We're starting now. Yeah. So, Will, I didn't know you were a big Pearl Jam fan. I guess it makes sense. You grew up in, in Seattle. You're originally from Seattle. Are you your big Pearl Jam I fan? Am. I'm huge. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's so funny because I am a little older. So, do you go back and watch... Uh, you go back and watch like the Pearl Jam 20 uh, documentary and they first start with Mother Love Bone. I'm like, oh, that's the Moore Theater at one of their shows. I snuck in. I was under oh. eight. Yeah, <laughs> how, old, how old How old would you have been around? You would have been around that like in your teenage years when they, yeah, it was all getting a big. That was a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I snuck into a show, watched Mother Love Bone. I've watched Pearl Jam. Um, I felt Where'd you that, sneak in? How'd you sneak in? Where was this at? Believe me, George, if I sent you uh, some of my <laughs> high school <laughs> pictures, it looked like I was a grown man in senior uh, senior That's year. Huge, must, huge mustache, all the other stuff. Only, I mean, other than only weighing probably about 150, 160, uh, I, probably, I could pass for a few things. So, so you sneak into this Mother Love Bone concert, which is fantastic. How was it? Like, how was the scene back then? Like, that must have been great. It was, it, it was great. There was, uh, you know, you had the Moore Theater, which was a great place to watch. And then there was this other place called the Phoenix Underground. And the Phoenix Underground is something that you see out of a, a movie where the band is sitting on a stage and you got people on the floor and then you look up in the rafters and you got people sitting all, standing all around just watching but when when that happened when you're listening to that music i mean i didn't think i didn't think that was going to be like a huge thing like in seattle was huge so you know you're like this is grunge this is great all this other stuff but to see when it just spread out everywhere and 
you're looking at kids in the Midwest wearing Doc Martens and jeans. Me, and I was in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, pulling out my Pearl Jam because it was such a weird before that, you know, my brother's 10 years older than me. So I, he's listening to a lot of um, hair metal, which is still great. My parents listened to a lot of Beatles and the police and then like Pearl Jam and Nirvana come out of nowhere. And you're like, what is this? And as a, a, a 12 year old, like that was it. I was off. Yes, yeah. and then you know, and you see the people that are walking in their docks and jeans and flannel shirts tied around their waist, and you know, and of course, moshing and all that other yeah. stuff. It's just great. And so, like, I have, um, I wanted to go to a concert this year, but of course, COVID. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, my it's so funny. My whole birthday trip I had planned, and it was you know, take off from work, go see Pearl Jam in Toronto, do you know all this, all this other stuff, and I kind of. You know, COVID really messed it up seeing how it happened a week before that Toronto Pearl Jam concert. So, or, you know, I was like... Who are some of your other bands then? I'm curious that you, you like a lot. I'm all over the place, though. I mean, I Pearl Jam and Nirvana are my, you know, okay. two. But then, you know, I really like jazz. So I listen to a lot of Miles. Um, do some, you know, I listen to rap. You know, Mac Miller, mm-hmm. what else, all the other stuff that's going on. And, you know, and then there's some, don't get me wrong, there's like <laughs> weird stuff in there. <laughs> you know, but, you know, a little techno, pop. I, I worked at a, I worked at a after hours, I've had a lot of jobs, a lot of different jobs before this was the settlement. Um, but I worked as a bartender, which you can't really call it a bar because they only serve beer and wine, at an after hours club that only played techno from two until four in the morning. So <laughs> you like lived a nineties movie. Like, yeah. So you, so at two o'clock when the clubs closed, I'm sitting in there and you have all these people rushing in and you're only serving, you know, you can't serve after mm-hmm. two, but the club was still open. So you could give water. What was our, our drinks, water, Snapple <laughs> and like fruit juices. But you know, by that time at two, you've got enough people that were partying and you go into this club and it was called the underground. We love our undergrounds and stuff, <laughs> and, and you just party. So it's, uh, it was a good thing. Awesome. So what? I mean, what was that like? You you grew up. I mean, I've reading over your your biography here a little bit. You're in the Northwest. You end up in Tennessee. Well, how? Like, what is um? What is Will Lewis's path to getting into being um on the news? You know, what uh, what was your journalism? Okay. Well, yeah. we, so growing up. Um, my grandfather, who's now passed away um, uh, from prostate cancer and some other complications, but he was a very big influence in my life. Um, growing up, we used to watch my days with him was we watched 60 Minutes and the news every Sunday. And I, I, got, to, and I got to have a Sprite and a Hostess apple. Like, this is great. There's no, more host- <laughs> There's no more Hostess, but anyway, a Hostess fried apple pie. So my Sundays are like, I'm going to watch the news, I get a Sprite, and I get an apple pie. That's uh, so it's I not deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we watched the news every Sunday. So it was something that I really wanted to do. I, you know, and I asked him, I said, do you think I can do this? And he goes, you can do whatever you want. So if you want to do this, then you should try to do that. And so, of course, we watched. And growing up, I didn't really... I didn't really take school as serious as I probably should have. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when we do, when I got older, um, first thing I did is I got out and I will say, and this is why I always tell kids, um, just because you fail, you can get back up and try again. My My very first semester of college, I failed out and I didn't tell my mom, I didn't want to go. I didn't take it serious. And when my mom found out, she was like, I will never pay you're for You're not it. getting a Sprite and you're right. not getting any apple pie. <laughs> you're, not a sprite, you're not getting a pie. <laughs> and she was like, and I'm not going to pay for college. Yes. For you. If you want to go to college, you are going to have to do it yourself. So, of course, I tooled around, which is why I have a whole bunch of different jobs. Ended up working on a fishing boat in Alaska for How? a year and a half. You just meet someone and there was a... I met someone who was doing it and he was coming home and he was at that time money. Yeah. At that time when it was huge and you hear somebody say, Hey, I just got off a boat and I made, you know, $15,000 over the last, you know, 45 days. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I was like, I love sailing in the Bering Sea where you can, you know, it's cold and you can see fish. So, um, did that for a year and a half. Um, got back. Grandfather was getting bad. Uh, he was on his, I talked to him the day before, like the night before he died. And he asked me one question. He just goes, why aren't you doing what you love? Hmm. And so I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you love the news. How come you're not doing the news? And I go, because of, you know, all these circumstances. And he goes, those are just excuses. You should be able to do so, uh, so long story short, my grandfather passes away. My thing is, is I'm going to do what we both know that I set out to do. And uh, so kept working a little bit. I was working in insurance and this is what's so crazy. So I was working in insurance. Did you use your Alaska boat resume to get that job? Like, yes. What do you know about insurance? I've fallen off a boat 50 times. So I went from working on a boat to doing some assistant underwriting at an insurance company. And, you know, like I said, my grandfather passed away. So I was like, screw this insurance thing. I'm going to school. And as I did that, a job I had applied for called me and it was another insurance job, but it was in Nashville, Tennessee. So I told the guy, I was like, look, can't do this. I'm going to school. And he goes, well, if you come work for me, if you work one year, every other year after that, we'll help pay for your school. I go, even if it's in communications. And he goes, yeah, we just want you to work for us. So I was like, okay. So I moved from Seattle to Nashville and worked for this insurance company, which is no longer in business anymore because they were only doing long-term care insurance. They got bought out. Um, so worked for them, got my associates in broadcasting. So from there, I then went to the University of Tennessee, got out, uh, got my mate, you know, got my degree in mm-hmm. broadcast journalism, minor in sociology. And then from there, I went to Monroe, Louisiana. My uh, father's parents lived there. So when you first start, and this is what people really don't understand, mm-hmm. we don't make a lot of money doing this. 
you know, everybody's like, oh, these people make all this money on TV. And I go, no, you don't make a lot of money. And you have to understand that that time in 2001, when I had just graduated, I have a daughter that's in Seattle. So that is, so I'm making sure she's taken care of. I'm going mm-hmm. to school, flying back and forth. I get my first job in broadcasting because I'm like, yes, this is great. $18,000. And even in 2001, that's... Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like 18 grand. And I'm like, (laughs) I was like, um, so luckily, like I said, I had relatives that lived in that city. So that kind of made it a little better. Well, that Um, works. Yeah. From there, went to Knoxville. From Knoxville, went back up to Washington State and worked in this little place called uh, Yakima, uh, Washington and Pasco. It's wine country and stuff, which is so crazy because after I left, Melanie Falcon worked there. So it's always cool that we, (laughs) that we, um, so was there Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina to Portland, Maine. When I was in Portland, Maine, I'm like, I am going to get West. I'm going to go West and get closer, a little bit closer to my family. Cause you're not as far East as you can go at that point. Yeah. <laughs> is Portland as great as I think it is? Like Portland, oh, Maine? Portland, like, Maine is amazing. I, I love Portland, Maine. You ever I uh, watched the, uh, the show The Dead Zone? It was on USA like 10 years ago. Yeah, um, no. Had, Anthony it. Michael Hall was in it. It was based in Bangor, Maine. And I think they shot it there. And I was just constantly, I'm like, this is the most beautiful little town. Oh, it's there. amazing. Yeah. The, place is, the place is gorgeous. I mean, from the beaches to the food to the people. Um, very interesting. I mean, I loved it. I lived, um, in this place called the, uh, in the old port, little downtown area. Um, I love the downtown areas. So, uh, lived there and, uh, and it was great. I mean, you can walk to the water, which was probably three, four blocks away from me and buy lobster as the guys were coming in. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get much fresher than that. So, so I wanted to move West and I was like, I'm going to move West. And then I got the job here. <laughs> yeah, so technically, it's west. <laughs> technically, it's a little bit west, but I got here. And This episode is brought to you by Made Possible in the Lehigh Valley, a regional branding and marketing initiative aimed at showing off all the amazing things that are possible here in the Lehigh Valley and helping to grow the region's image as a desirable place to visit, work, learn, and live. They've created materials that you can use for free on your sites and in your outreach to help tell the Lehigh Valley story. Lehigh Valley is rich with opportunity, providing people with a good life on their own terms. The region exists today because of where it's been. Together, we will shape what is made possible tomorrow. Contact them and get more information at lehighvalleymadepossible.com. Yeah, I've been here since. And you, I mean, you've been here since 2010. You're at Easton for that yeah. bureau for a while. What, yeah. I mean, it's a loaded question or it's a long one, but what about, you've traveled so many places. What about the Lehigh Valley is maybe, what has made you stay here then? I mean, you, you've jumped around, not a bunch, but I know that is part of the industry. Right. right. So you've been here for what would seem to be a longer time than, than the other ones. So, yeah, this is the longest that I've ever been at a station, which, I mean, it's cool. I'm not saying there's anything bad, but um, oh, yeah. when I first moved here, when I first moved here, the one thing, my interview 
in 2010 was the first day as Music Fest had ended. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm driving and I'm seeing all these, I'm seeing all these tents and Mm -hmm. I see all the signs and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? What happened? And they were like, oh, it was this large music festival that they have every year. And so I, you know, read up on it. Music Fest is like a festival that we have in Seattle called Bumper Shoot. Um, it's a direct correlation. The only difference is they charge for Bumper Shoot. They don't charge for Music Fest. So there's some different, there's some different things. So that right there, I was like, I go to Bumper Shoot all the time. Okay, so there's Music Fest. And then there was food and, you know, and then I just love it. You know, I mean, you, you, I, you know, and I live on, you know, I live on Main Street in Bethlehem. So it's always... Well, most a, of your Instagram fo- photos are food, which yes. is fine by me. I, I think we <laughs> complained about that 10 years ago. Now I would just follow Instagrams full of food if I could. That's pr- yeah, preferable I mean, content. It's work, it's food, and there's, uh, you know, like I said, I've met great people. Um, I've stayed, you know, I've stayed here because of work. I've stayed because of some of the people that I've met. And I also stay because I love the community and I love, uh, you know, just what this place is. You can see it grow. Like I've seen it grow from 2010 to, you know, now when I've been here, I mean, it's only going to keep growing. Um, I've also worked with a lot of nonprofits too. So that's always great as well. It's funny you talk about you know not making a lot of money. I mean, in the beginning, and, and people people seeing you on TV and making that correlation. Um, I guess this isn't what I mean exactly. What I'm trying to say is, people see you all the time. Yet you're somebody who kind of like, hey, I just moved here in 2010, and now all of a sudden I'm all over the place. Isn't that interesting from your point of view that? as a journalist, you get to learn so much about the community, almost more than some of the people who live there. Right. You know, right away. Like right away, you're like, Hey, I'm checking out all these new places. It must be an interesting way to experience a new location. I mean, the only way that you can do this, and this is the way I feel with, you know, journalism or moving anywhere you're going. The only way you can do it is just to immerse yourself into where you're at. I mean, you know, I, on days when my days are off, I hop in my car and I just go, okay, I'm going to drive here or what, you know, you look online and you're like great one day trips or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And then you just go. Um, I know one of the things when I first started, people were always like, is it sad that you like go to a movie by yourself or you eat by yourself? Or, and I'm like, no, it actually is pretty good because then I just get to see everything without, I get to see it from my own eyes. I don't get right. to see it from someone else's eyes. But that being said, you do want people to go on adventures with and then, you know, have a bunch of people to what? go travel with as well. I know what you're saying though. I, and, and it's interesting you bring that up because I've gone to a couple different spots, some on purpose and some because I was doing something else, but like the silk um, kilns in, in Copley. I was up there the other day. I'm like, why, why haven't I come up here more often just to, you know, have, bring my kid up here and run around. It's a beautiful space. It's only 20 minutes away. Yeah. Um, and you just, life gets in the way, but that's your own fault. You know, you can make the decision to say, hey guys, today I'm going to go have lunch at this new place and I'm yeah. going to try something different out. I always say that some of the most important things are the things that you make time for. If you're making that time to do it, 
you know, because we all have the same 24 hours. Is, mm-hmm. is What do you do with those 24 hours? And this time, especially since all this craziness has happened and since March has given me a different appreciation, because yeah. like, like, everything seems so much closer. You can't travel as easily. Um, so oh, a lot of the, the downtown things we were just talking about before we started um, and supporting the restaurants and supporting and, and shopping as local as possible. You were just at the new restaurant that is at um, the tavern. And the, yeah, and the Moravian. Yeah. Um, How was that? Because I haven't been yet. and It's great. I'm working my way through the menu. Uh, what are some, what uh, do they serve? Because I, I haven't. It's, uh, they do a little bit of everything. I don't know how yeah. to pet them down. Some of them, you know, like they have, um, like last night, I had these carnitas buns, the little soft like buns that would, they're not stuffed, but they fold and it was carnitas and it had the jalapenos and some cilantro and you get this great spice. And then before that, I had a, um, I had the shrimp skewers, barbecue shrimp skewers, which were like great. And then they had these goat cheese and basil wontons last night with a sweet or with a sweet chili sauce and great. And it is something that, and, it, and it's not saying that it was bad with the previous restaurant because I never, I don't want to no, see no, people no. close. I mean, Absolutely. I love, I love Dave's. I've, I go to Dave's deli. I've done some, you know, I've worked with Dave. Oh, I know, yeah. I mean, it's just sometimes the fit doesn't work. The Dave's deli was, was fantastic for us. with having a kid to be honest. I mean, so I'm a little sad to see it go, but yeah, my punch card, my punch card is sad to see Dave's. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still, we, he's still here. So you can still use it there, but yeah, there's just some different handhelds that go with some other beers that and work. The, I'm going to say it wrong, but there's another one in Bethel. We're talking about all of these restaurants that are, and they're having a, a very difficult time. If you know a restaurant, assume that they're having a difficult time, you know, patronize them, whatever you can do. But there's another one that just opened on um, Broad Street. I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's Briah Hut, B-R-A-I-E. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, and I've looked at their stuff, and, and I'm definitely Zimbab- Zimbabwean. There's right. no way I've had Zimbabwe food yet, and I can't wait to try it. It's a, it's not even a mile away. No, yeah, and it's just a quick walk, and I supposedly the peri peri chicken, and I know you've talked to Kendall Conrad a lot, and yeah, yeah, and her and I, you know, we look at each other's food pics, and I'm like, oh, where'd you get that? And then she's like, where'd you get that? She had the peri peri chicken, and she cracks me up because she goes. I had the lowest spice level because it's supposed to be very hot. And she goes, and it was hot. So now I'm already like, Ooh, I like hot stuff, but how hot do you go? Where do you dial it up? Um, and that's funny. Cause Kendall Conrad, who's our friend, a musician, she's great. Check her out. I'll tag her. She also started her own food Instagram. And I'm like, Kendall, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this one more. <laughs> yeah. And she's I, a, it's just doing fun things food. and visiting places. It's great. Well, and that's the whole thing that this, pandemic has showed us one we we've gone from just seeing everything in this wide range go Mm -hmm. go go in a wide range to now it's a more localized sort of thing and the first thing that you see is you look at a lot of people that are hurting or some people that need help right now like you said Mm -hmm. restaurants right now if it's your favorite restaurant or anything else go support them because they need they need the help. I mean, it's a, it's a pain in the butt a little bit sometimes, and I know that we're all tired, and it and it 
sucks, <laughs> but right. getting in your car or, or making that little extra effort can mean a lot to th- those people who, right. who have provided you a service for years. Right. And the thing is, is they know the sacrifice you're making. I mean, they're making a sacrifice, but if I get in my car and I drive to Allentown or I drive to Easton, those owners know that, yes, you made that sacrifice to go out there and you're coming to patronize us and they thank you for the support. My thing is, is this. I always want people to tip. I mean, if you yeah. look at what some of these owners are doing, mm-hmm. those tips aren't going to them. They're going to their staff so their staff can keep having jobs, you know, and, you know, and they're all friends. I mean, I think a lot of us go to these different places and they know and we know people and they're all our friends. And we want to make sure when we come out of this, people are, yeah. you know, not they're not going to be the same because no. we're always to build that back up but they want we want them to be in to being whole and it's hard to look and because we don't know it's not going to just turn january 1st and then we're, we're back to normal but I, I think a lot of the things that people are doing now like yourself or those who are doing the best that they can to support you know that's going to be recognized when this is is over and, and like you said i think it makes it it makes us um look more at our local communities rather than as a nation you know we're always we don't have to worry so much about the local stuff like this, but now we do because it's changes that are affecting us. Right. Um, so it, I think it's important to remember that and maybe leave politics out of some of that stuff. If you're going to a restaurant, you know, do the best that you can because everybody's under not fun circumstances. Right. And, and the know? thing is, if you start small, just think if you start small, you build, you're strong there. And then as you keep building out of the circle, you've got this strong foundation that you're yeah. building on and eventually everything will be strong. That's just my opinion. That's just the way I look at it, which is kind of, which is, you know, maybe it's a weird pie in the sky kind of thing. But I think that, you know, if you start with a great foundation, you can build on anything. I think that's a very good point because you need to be able to say, hey, or look at things in context. We don't know what's going on, but what can I do today? How can Mm -hmm. I help out a little bit? Because uh, sometimes it can feel overwhelming or like a, a lost cause, but there are still little things you can do. But I, I want to change the subject to get more positive, and we yeah. can end on we can end on sports because uh-huh. <laughs> you're from Seattle. Yeah, well, I, I tell everybody, so everyone should know this by now. But I was able to go to the Super Bowl in 2018 to watch the Eagles win. I was fortunate. Yes, um, but you you covered their Super Bowl run in 2018. The Seahawks, I mean. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not bring that one up. I mean, you're a super fan before they were popular. Yes. I have friends that are here in Pennsylvania and that are Steelers fans. And I still want to keep them, even though they still <laughs> <laughs> Detroit was probably one of the Worst places to hold a Super Bowl in in the winter during well, I was the in snow. Minnesota. It was it was well, you know, Minnesota, yeah. So that was probably good. Seattle's first one when that when they lost to the Steelers in mm-hmm. uh, you know, gosh, in bad conditions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have the I still have all my little press passes from there in a frame and stuff. So it's always it's always cool. But yeah, I mean, they finally got one, and yeah. I, I love that. But yeah, I love my my friends that are Steelers fans. But I always say whenever I whenever I see them, I go, "Oh, so great that we gave you that Super Bowl, or, or <laughs> that you stole that Super Bowl from us." And my sister lives in Portland, Oregon, and 
you know, I'm so used to, to Northeast area sports. You know, there's so many. It's, it's just, if there, if COVID wasn't going on right now, we would just be, I'd be fighting with all my friends about football, which is fantastic. I wish I could. Right. How is the sport? It's got to be a little bit different up there. You're so much further away. You don't have a Giants fan next door. How, how does that work? Are you guys just all Seahawks fans? No, no. Everybody has their teams, but it's regional and it's weird of how you – develop with those with those i mean uh, i when baseball now i love my mariners but when baseball was going i wore a couple oakland a's things because you know they had great players and stuff like that um i've always been a fan of the seahawks i mean the seahawks started in the 70s i was a little kid i got to go to games as a kid with uh with relatives so i'm always going to be a seahawks fan and then I was a basketball fan, always loved basketball. And then <laughs> they left and went to Oklahoma City. And, uh, and so I've been, without a, I've been without a real rooting team for there because that's what everybody says. And everybody I, heard, I mean, there's rumblings. The NBA is like... They want to bring back. I want them to come back. I want them to, you know, and this may sound bad, but I want them to come back. I want them to take the banners that are hanging in Oklahoma city saying that they're champions off of their off of their rafters and bring it back to Seattle where they won the championship. Now I will say this great hockey game last night between the flyers and the Island. Mm -hmm. I love watching the flyers. I know where you're going with this. So go ahead. (laughs) And I love watching the flyers win, but after this run and people already know because they see me wearing the stuff, after this run, I will be a Seattle Kraken fan. I've already. <laughs> that is the best mascot in the history of the universe. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, and I had to explain to someone because somebody was, uh, you know, people have been asking me about the, you know, you've got the S with the Kraken. It's and a mythical beast. So, so you understand that one. But then there's the alternate logo, which is just, it looks like it's just a ship's anchor. But if you look at it, it's the Space Needle. So you have the, you know, thinking it's it's so great. I mean, we've had hockey. We've had minor league hockey and all the other stuff. It makes sense to have hockey there. Right. And it's great. I mean, you had Vancouver, you had the Canucks. Now you got, you know, Seattle there and stuff. And I always tell people, which is always crazy, because when I worked in sports and I did work in Washington, one of the goalies I covered was Carey Price in his junior, like growing up. So... You know, I him, so I watched some of this other stuff, and it's just great. But I'm glad to see them get the hockey team because mm-hmm. the hockey team will lead the NBA to say, "Okay, hockey, right. you got the arena. Now you get the and now." Look, look how this potential market money and right um, because they need, one, they need the they need Seattle back. They need the they need the Sonics back, and that's I'm looking forward. To, I know we're planning pie in the sky, right? I, I'm. One of my things I really want to do, my friend moved to Arizona. I have uh, my sister, like I said, lives in Portland. I want to go to some sports games in other cities. I've never really done it. But yeah. to see an Eagles game at that insane Seattle stadium, and right. they're, they're nice people there. They won't throw batteries at me, I hope. It's not like coming to Philly. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be nice out there. I will say this. I will say this. I went to the Seahawks game last, well, what was it, last season? Yeah, last season. I was scared. I will admit. It's a little blown was, out of proportion. I was, I was, it is blown out of proportion, but it's not as bad 
as people make it. So it depends on the game too. Like, right. So yeah. I wore a I wore a Seahawks shirt under some other stuff. <laughs> but there was some people that did wear Seahawks stuff. I mean, through the whole game, I saw one fight. So it's and, not hey, bad. For an Eagles game that was probably two good. Eagles fans fighting each other though. It's, it's not. It's usually not. I I've never seen them get mad at. They're always just fighting. But we're fighting each other. So it's, I guess that's good. You can just sit back. Oh, that's good. So, I mean, you know, I, I haven't been to one. Like, I bet you if I would have went to the playoff game and we're in the heat of things, things may be a little more tense. But, no, I mean, you're going to still yeah. see me wear my, my gear. I'm going to get a cracking hat, I think. That's, yeah. My a fun hat, team. My, I just received the T-shirt. So I have the T-shirt. My hat's coming. And I think I have a hoodie coming or something like that. I'm, good. I'm, all in. I'm all in on the Kraken. They're not good. They may not be good next year, but well, remember I'm the, still uh, all in. That Las Vegas, the first year that they were in, didn't they? They made it all the way. I think I lost you. Will. I lose you. Oh, no, nope, we're back. We're back. I was like, well, that is, you? no, this this is good anyway. Because yeah, I wanted yeah. to end on kind of that. Crack, I mean, it was the kraken. The kraken broke it. But just the the idea, the kraken's like we're we're sick and tired of this. Um, I'm looking forward to traveling more. Like is, I had that bug right before uh, this all started, and I'm getting it again. Again, when it's when it's safe and things reopen. Uh, it's just when I look at all the places you've worked and been, it makes me a little jealous, not jealous in that way, but jealous in the sense of we only have this one life, you know, and we realize now not being able to do it, how valuable it is to be able to travel and experience the world. And, you know, it, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Yeah, you have to. I, I always, um, when I do my talks or I, I talk to people, mm -hmm. but one thing that I am really blessed to be able to say is I have lived in, visited, or driven through all 50 states. That's crazy. And when you look at that, that's just a blessing. Sure, yeah. There's not a lot of people that can say that. You can't say it, you know. And then that's when the questions start. Well, what, what did you do in Alaska? Well, I worked on a fishing boat in Alaska. How did you get to Maine? Well, okay, I worked in Maine. You know, and then there's, there's like... What did you do in Idaho? I just drove through it. <laughs> Idaho, Idaho, there are some great, there's great waterfalls there. Um, so when I was going to school in Tennessee, of course, you know, driving back and forth in the summer or whatever, um, you know, or my jobs, most of my jobs, like even when I drove here to Pennsylvania, most of my trips to get to a job has started in Seattle because like I visit my family. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get vacation for a little bit because it's a new job. And so I start there and I drive. So I drove from Seattle here to the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. And it was so funny because when I pulled in, when I pulled in on Main Street and I'm looking around and I go, okay, this will be good. We can do this for a year and a half. And, and now years it's later. almost 10 years. And I mean, it'll be 10 years come up on the 20th of this, uh, this month. That's awesome. And, and I love it. So it's well, a good listen. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story. I know you're busy. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. There's a lot of fun. And yeah. I hope you come back on. I, I definitely want to talk more um, grunge music at some point. I, that was not in your bio, 
So it's really for a loop, but we could go down a rabbit hole. I, I'm a huge fan. Grunge music, I, whatever rap it gets, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned jazz because there's so many elements within a lot of that songwriting and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But maybe I'll try and find, a, uh, maybe for the next one, I'll try and find a nice cardigan sweater and a guitar. Or oh, something. we could totally do that. <laughs> I, mean, I will. <laughs> I appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks, George. Appreciate hey, it. Have a good day. We'll talk soon. Dude, talk soon. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Will. That was a lot of fun. Be sure to look for him on WFMZ pretty much every day. You're always going to find Will. And if you don't find him there, you're probably going to see him downtown at some of his favorite restaurants. Thank you, Will. If you want to get in touch with us, email us at info at lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com or visit lehighvalleywithlovemedia.com slash podcast. All of the notes are in the podcast notes. We will talk to you next week.